When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us on a Monday edition. Just fighting in the moment. We're doing more podcasts. Spurs are playing. Work that one out. Um, like I say, if you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audio Boom, or across a range of different social media platforms. We're of course on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And we're back, hopefully providing you with a preview of Leicester City to come, of course. We've got Leicester to come on Thursday. Um, and of course, looking back on the news today in which Spurs are going through another COVID crisis. We've had the draw for the Europa Conference League. Are Spurs in it? Are they not? We'll be discussing that, of course. Deli Alley's future, once again, up in the headlines. And I know for Jason McGovern, um, who's probably watching us right now, no, we're not doing Sung Yun Dumbele on this show. We're limited to an hour, of course, and then looking ahead um, to close the show to Leicester and everything Tottenham. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Um, please stay back along the show with me, my co-host leading our Conte crazy train, Lee McQueen's here on another midweek edition. Monday midweek, you decide on that. Lee McQueen's in the house. Lee, how are you? It's, my, it's like Monday night football, isn't it? Like Monday night football, uh, an, an edition, uh, of course. Yeah, really well. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, good, to, good evening, Jamie. Viewers, listeners, uh, really, really pleased to, to, to be back on. Circumstances are a bit strange. I'm sure we're going to get into it. And obviously, like you said, we're doing more shows than, uh, than we're playing at the moment. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to getting the, uh, the, the, the lads back on the pitch fit. I do want to give my best wishes to all of the lads, all of the staff um, that, have, that have been affected by the COVID um, uh, situation at uh, Hotspur Way. Hopefully, they're going to uh, make a full recovery, mate. Absolutely agree and echoing those words. And also, please have him back on the show. Jamie Brown, back from the Daily Hotspur. Jay, how are you? I'm oh, very good, thank you, Ricky. And uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm slightly surprised with saying, I'm, I'm actually missing the Spurs at the moment. Um, of course, we did go on a nice little run. Yes, of course, people come and tell me that we were playing some slightly easier teams. But I think just watching us was, was much, much easier. I think for the last 18 months or so, we, we really had to put up with some really poor football. So, I think we were starting to look like a decent team. Of course, we've got a fantastic manager in place now who, you know, he's doing all the right things. He kind of had us looking like we were playing with a definitive style of play. So I'm missing Spurs. But as Lee said, you know, the most important thing is kind of the health of the players. Um, I think sending them into the training ground where, you know, lots of people have COVID at the moment and it's become a real COVID hotspot. You know, you, that's not ideal when, uh, you know, so it's it's good that they've kind of decided that that was the, the case, that they had to shut the place down and, you uh, but yeah, best of luck to all the players in terms of recovering from that. Hopefully they're all OK. And uh, as I said, I'm just looking forward to having Spurs back soon. Absolutely. Now, it's a difficult one because we're not too sure when to bring you a Leicester preview. We've chosen Monday night. This is dangerous, of course, because um, between now and Thursday, uh, who knows what is upon us. But obviously we had the breaking news this morning for Tottenham. Of course, this is uh, being recorded 
on a Monday. Obviously, when you this maybe on the way to work, it's the Tuesday, of course. But Spurs have been hit by a further COVID crisis in which has resulted in their entire under-23 squad sent home from Hotspur Way. And that was on the Monday, of course, today. And a new positive test among the first-team players as things stand. Now, when this was first reported by the Daily Mail late on Sunday evening that Spurs had a players available that were back out on the training pitch with Antonio Conte's men, um, preparing training for Thursday's game against Leicester City, obviously at the King Power Stadium. And that decision was to close the first team area of the training base on Wednesday due to the outbreak of COVID. Um, let's start with Jamie on this. Jamie, it's been a whirlwind week. And I think, like uh, us boys have already said, we reiterate and we uh, listen, wish all the players well everybody connected at Tottenham. Is it hard to almost plan, Jay, for a game which uh, day by day, not only is football changing, the world is changing at the moment, isn't it, to be honest with you? Well, I mean, look, the, the confusion among supporters, you know, that's what, obviously one thing, you know, we don't know whether we're going to have a game on, on uh, Thursday. So the supporters that are going to that game, I know, I think I know a few, of course, I'm sure Chris will be going, um, you know, they don't know whether to plan for a game or not. So there's that confusion. Now you imagine having, you know, the players... And the staff, the training staff, they know whether they're going to have a game. So that's all really confusing. And that's going to, of course, unfortunately disrupt preparations for the game. So we are unfortunately going to go to Leicester. I, I do feel as though in, in unfortunately, maybe very un, unfortunate circumstances, we're going to be missing players, unfortunately. Um, of course, Conte's not had ideal preparation. We know that they've gone back into to kind of lockdown style training where they've been at home with, with their own personal plans. Um, they've been doing kind of Zoom training, I think, uh, training over Zoom. Um, so it's it's not been ideal. And, um, you know, there is maybe a bit of concern that we're going to go to Leicester, maybe slight, somewhat unprepared. But um, let's see. Um, again, it's, you know, it's all about making sure that the players are kind of not being made to, to feel like guinea pigs, if, if, if you could put it that way, in terms of sending them into a place where it's not safe to do so. But you know, at the moment, it does. From what we're, what's been reported, looks as though uh, it looks as though things are going in the right direction. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that all goes well, and uh, we will have a game on Thursday. Absolutely, uh, Lee. Coming around to you and our WhatsApp group at the moment, it just seems to be a running theme that we're just posting in there. And the clubs that can't fulfil fixtures. I mean, we've seen over the course of the last three to four days, um, Manchester United. Uh, we've seen Leicester City. We've seen Aston Villa, Spurs obviously on that list as well, and amongst a few other clubs as well that are really yeah, struggling to be able to. Spurs got it, didn't they? A couple of weeks back. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, just overall, Lee, um, is there a wider context to look at here? You know, coming away from the football, should we be playing at the moment? Generally, with what's going on in the world? Yeah, look, I, th I think there is a wider context here. Like I said right at the beginning of the show, like my thoughts go out to all the uh, all the players. Hopefully, they get a full recovery. I think we've said with uh, with Kimmich over in the Bundesliga that he's now not going to be playing now, is he? Until until January because of lung damage potentially caused by COVID is what is what they're saying. Um, so look, I think I think there is some some health risk there. You know, Antonio Conte's uh, passionate press conference before the uh, before the Europa Conference League tie. He said it himself, didn't he? he Use the word "we're scared." So you know, scared for our, for our families. Um, you know, we, we don't know. Um, you know, I, I think King Hoddle are also posting their forty-two cases. You know, just to put that into context, it seems quite a lot, but that's one point three percent of people that were tested in the Premier League over the last four days. So that is not a lot of people. Uh, I'm not trying to do it down, by the way, at all. But you know, just want to put that into some sort of context around there when we see all these figures flying about in the news, not not on social media or by our. Uh, our avid viewers or listeners, but by the by the news uh, uh, outlets, 
you know, you, you've got to sometimes you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. I keep banging on about this. You know, if you if you've been tested, testing, 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 at some stage you're going to find something. You know, at, at, at some stage we're going to have to look at maybe not not testing so much and stopping where we need to be. But equally, we've got to also make sure that we're not passing on a deadly virus to everybody, right? And that that's that, that's the kind of the balance or the you know the chicken and egg type situation. I think getting back to Tottenham, I think it's important that we get our players back. Um, I think it's very, very easy from a footballing perspective just to go, for God's sake, come on, guys, let, let's just get on the pitch and play. You know, Premier League, we've got rules, we've got regulations, we've got to play. But the reality of the situation is I've had COVID, and I think I said this last time around, so sorry to keep banging on about it. But if you get COVID and you get it pretty bad, you're in bed, right? You, you, you ain't moving. Like some people are in hospital and so on and so forth. Um, as, as obviously the, the, you can see all of the stats. So, you know, to expect somebody just to kind of have have a positive test and then to play in three days' time, that, that's that's ridiculous. They, they can't do that. If they're positive and they've got COVID, you know, the, higher than mild symptoms, they're not going to be fully fit to play against Leicester City or even Liverpool, in my opinion. The games keep coming thick and fast. We've got the Europa Conference League um, decision happening, um, which may or may not put more fixtures in, in into the into the uh, into the coffers or into the pot. You know, there's money floating about in terms of gate receipts or not gate receipts. How much you get? It's very very complex. So yes, it's a, it's, it's wider than a football tool in terms of health. But when you bring it back to the footballing issues, Rick, it's also really complex, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as we understand, Jake, I'm over to you. Uh, although no first team buildings are open yet at Hotspur Way, as it's aiming to get that outbreak under control, um, the available players are out on the pitch this afternoon after previously working to individual programmes set by Antonio Conte and his staff to be completed at home. Uh, Jamie, looking at things and footballing concepts, and we know there's bigger things in the world right now, but mm. how underprepared are yeah. Tottenham ahead of this game against Leicester City, in your opinion? Well, yeah, I think I think that's that's a big thing in terms of um, you know Antonio Conte has now had a real disruption in terms of his planning for the match. You know, will it, what players will he have available? Of course, we we know that um, you know he said in his press conference that one of the players that was due to play against Rennes ended up testing positive and had trained with them. Um, so you know, you don't know what's going to change in terms of the squad. There's so much uncertainty around who will be available for for Conte um, on Thursday. So that makes planning very difficult. So. Um, but look, I think we've got a manager in place who's obviously plans everything in very, very fine detail. So I totally trust that he'll kind of go and, and, and get things right and, and plan in the right way. So I've got no worry about that. I think the other concern as well is, is in terms of the long lasting effects of COVID. We know that I think Lee pointed out that Joshua Kimmich, he's kind of suffered from it. And you just don't know how I think a number of players actually have had COVID and their form has, has, has been not has been not so great this year. So I think that that's going to be a bit of a concern in terms of the players. You know, are they going to have any lasting effects from COVID? So again, it's, you know, all about wishing them well, um, you know, really speedy recovery, but that's obviously going to be a concern. Are they going to suffer any long-term effects from it? Um, so yeah, um, it's, it's definitely not been ideal preparation. And of course, you know, I think the one big thing about football is, is you know, constantly playing. I think that that really helps being that sharp. And, uh, you know, we have not played for a while now. So going into that Leicester game, I think that that's going to be difficult. I think we've seen when Spurs have come off the back of an international break and we've gone into a, a game, you know, sometimes we have struggled. Um, so um, I, th I think there was a game earlier this year, I think it was Crystal Palace, you know, we came off the back of an international break, then played as a team for a week and a half or so, you know, and then we went and lost 3-0 to Crystal Palace. So it shows, you know, that rustiness, that's going to be a concern. But 
I, you know, we've got a fantastic manager in place, as I said, who, who's going to plan everything. So um, in that regard, I don't have too many concerns. It's a shame, yeah. isn't it? Just quickly off the back of that, it's a shame, isn't it, Jamie? You say that about the, you know, the fantastic manager. I've almost forgot that we've got Antonio Conte. Like I, I've almost like over the last kind of few days and stuff, you know, the momentum was so. Look, let's put it into perspective. I, I, I am getting carried away. I, I'm always going to get carried away. So don't tell me don't get carried away because I am. So why why not? I'm going to enjoy the fact that we beat you know we've uh, we, we're we're unbeaten in the Premier League under Antonio Conte, uh, and actually we've won our last three Premier League games as well under Antonio Conte. And yes, they're yeah. bottom league teams and you know whatever, but we're, we're there. But I've almost forgotten the fact that he's around. Like this is an absolute cl- world class manager that we we are changing, we're evolving already, and I, and I just it's such a shame that that this has happened to to right now to us. Um, because we had some serious momentum. And I was really looking forward to the Brighton game. It would have been a brilliant test for us. I think I said in the last show as well, a real test for us, a stepping stone from, from the teams that we've just played and beaten to, to, to now Brighton, who hold the football well. They look after the football. They're going to be really uh, um, uh, good on the ball and going away from home, which, let's be honest, you know, we should have, on, on Everton's form, we should have been honest. Uh, we should have been honest. We should have been, we should have beaten them based on Everton's form. So going away from home to Everton, going away from home to NS Moore, going away from home in all the Europa um, Europe Conference League games that we've played this year and beyond. No, our waveform's been pretty woeful, wasn't it, lads and listeners and viewers? So, so you know, I just, the momentum was definitely building and it is a shame that this has happened at this point because we've got Antonio Conte and, uh, and you know, the, the last time, the last time was at a football match, we were all singing his name and it was absolutely fantastic. I think that's been the thing, you know, one thing I remember, I think I remember putting in the group chat earlier this season when we were under Nuno and um, I think it was Jurgen Klopp who was going over to the Liverpool fans, you know, really, you know, celebrating with them after a big win. And I was just thinking, you know, I really wish we had a manager like that, that kind of had yeah. that same passion that, we, you know, the Spurs fans, we could really, really, you know, really unite behind. And uh, we finally got that manager because I, I just think, you know, he's been fantastic. The way he's really had fans singing his name, he already seems to kind of have a, a nice connection with the fans, which is only going to get stronger over time. Um, and then, of course, I think I think the big thing that I've, I've really enjoyed watching Spurs at the moment is, is having that definitive style of play. Um, for me, right now, results maybe aren't the most important thing. Obviously, they're a really nice thing, and we want to be winning football matches. But this year, I think it's about trying to have a definitive style of play you know, building kind of a, a philosophy under Antonio Conte. And that's something that we already look like we're, we're building. Um, I, I was really impressed with the game against Norwich. Again, you know, I know a lot of people will say, don't get too carried away. It was only Norwich. Leeds, we played exactly the same. We kind of played with a real identity. You know, we had the wing-backs getting forward. You know, you'd older Skip playing fantastically well in midfield. Um, you had Lucas Moura um, coming in and, get, you know, contributing with goals. So, you know, it was going in the right. It was definitely going in the right direction. But uh, of course, there's only uh, whatever one club that's going to have that sort of momentum, going to have all these nice things going for them. And of course, uh, one thing comes along, and of course, it's Tottenham. So it's, it's, yeah. it is gutting. It is gutting, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, as we understand, Jay, this was reported by the Telegraph this morning that a new positive COVID test um, had emerged amongst the first team players. And obviously that player uh, won't be named for medical reasons. Um, the club are hopeful, though, that the first team areas can open once again over the coming days, provided that the results from testing start heading in the right direction. But an assessment will need to be made whether the academy side of the club training centre needs to be closed down as a result of those under-23s heading home. I mean, Lee, where we are right now, 
it's just so hard, isn't it, to really gauge whether we are going to be able to have a run of fixtures over Christmas. And that's not just for Tottenham. That's just for all clubs. I mean, are we all prepared for what there is to come? And I mean that from a both a footballing and pandemic point of view, that um, we have to, I think, be real here that we could be again seeing football. We don't want to obviously speculate and bring the mood down, yeah. but um, it may be going back again, isn't it? Might, it might, we might have to have a reset once again, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we do. I mean, are, are we prepared for it? I think that if this just happened, it look, it does feel like that whether or not it's propaganda, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's a mix between all different bits and bobs and whatever in terms of COVID, it does feel like that we are back in March 2020. It does feel like that. It feels like we've seen this on a WhatsApp group in a week, weren't we, lads? It felt like that. It was just before the Manchester United game and then did that get cancelled and that sort of stuff. However, are we are we prepared? I think so. I think we're much better prepared than where we were before. We know what we need to do and where we need to go and how, how it's going to be contained if, if that's the case. You know, I, I think that this isn't a COVID show, right? I, and in whether or not you want my opinion on, on, on COVID and so on and so forth, I'm happy to share it with you. I think that we need to crack on that that's what i actually think we need to do that is really really tough hearing that because there's people uh, that are seriously ill and there's people dying and so on and so forth but there's also businesses crumbling um and there's also uh, you know people need to you know, need to be able to get on with it we've had our we've had our vaccinations or most of the country have had uh, uh, one jab or two jabs and for, for me it feels like it's just a push to get the boosters out um for, for whatever reason people having their boosters some people haven't some people have that's everybody's own choice, in, in my opinion. But from a footballing sense, short, first and foremost, you've got to make sure that you're not going to do any long-lasting long, long lasting damage to anybody if they've had COVID. And if that's the case and they're fully fit and they're uh, clean bit of health, let's crack on with the football season and, and, and let's get going. Because, you know, more than ever, us us fans and, and people need our, our, you know, our religion, which is football. We need it. We need to see yeah. it. I, I don't want the empty stadiums again. I don't want to see that. But... Let's see what happens, Rick. It's not, it's not, it's not my choice, thankfully. Absolutely, yeah. And um, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for our first break of the show. Taking this break, you're going to hear from Anna from Spurs XY, who gives you the very latest from the Spurs women who have played. Of course, um, I think yesterday evening now it was, and so I say Anna's giving you their thoughts on that. And then when we come back, uh, we'll be discussing Spurs' current status. In the Europa Conference League, everybody try and calm yourselves down, the excitement of that. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women's segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Finally, the women were back in action today. We played away at Villa on Sunday the 12th of December and on paper this should have been an easy game uh, to win because, well, Villa are not in the best of form and uh, with the results we've had during the weekend and other games, it meant that we could uh, edge up to third in the WSL, which is very exciting prospect. The game was rather messy, though. We got the win in the end. We It ended 2-1. But unfortunately, Villa took the lead. Uh, they they didn't do anything for like the first 10-15 minutes, but they took the lead from their one and only chance they had. And um, unfortunately, we just didn't block across. And then the oncoming player just finished it and put it in the back of the net so that didn't really help us overall we then won a penalty um, Simon scored and that was the first half it was one all and then a lovely Rachel Williams goal in the second half made it 2-1 
overall, it's, it's just we weren't fast enough. We got better in the second half, around like the 70th minute mark. Something just switched and we started playing with higher tempo and it was a lot more promising. But the first half was very slow. Didn't really pass the ball to each other well enough, accurately enough, fast enough. Uh, had not much creativity and very little going forward. The final balls were really messy and bad. So it was um, hard to see where our goals would come from. So... That wasn't really good. And then I think obviously Rian must have had a nice talking to them in the half time because they came out a little bit better. Uh, we then brought on Angela, who just made a whole difference. Like she was so good. She actually passed fast and accurately to her fellow teammates. So I'm really I'm baffled as to why she can't be starting games because she's one of our best players, in my opinion. So um, but anyway, she looked really good and we eventually got the three points it was messy but you know in the end of the day you just have to grind out the results however they come and hopefully eventually form will come with it as well so very very happy with that and onwards and upwards come on you spurs Europa conference league time as i said try and prepare yourselves we have the news today and again i have to emphasize this we're recording on monday here that spurs will face rapid uh, this is rapid vienna in the uh, Europa Conference League knockout playoff round, if UEFA's outcome over their postponed game against Rennes goes in Spurs' favour. Now, I've had a question come in um, from Nathan Evans on this, and he says, Morning, lads. What do you think UEFA will do regarding um, the French club not wanting to postpone? Hopefully, we're given a lifeline to keep on going. Jamie, we'll start with you first. We know, obviously, you had your thoughts on this a uh, short time ago, of course, on uh, BBC Radio London. It's in the balance, Jay, at the moment. What do you think will be the outcome of Spurs and the Conference League? Yeah, um, so for me, my gut feeling is that the game will go ahead. Um, of course, we've got the deadline um, set by UEFA in, in terms of their rules of games having to be paid by the December the 31st. Um, of course, um, uh, Rennes finished, their, finished for Christmas. Kind of sounds like school. Um, but they finished for Christmas on the 23rd of December. And of course, they have got a lot of games coming up. So... Um, yeah, as, as Rob says there, you know, they're going to find it very difficult to kind of fit fit in that game. So that's obviously going to make it difficult. But I think that um, UEFA will end up extending that deadline and I think we'll end up playing after the 31st. That's that's just my gut feeling. Um, obviously, you know, it's not based on anything, any, you know, any other knowledge. Um, it's just how I feel. I feel as though they will kind of, they want Spurs to stay in the comp- they'll have a chance of staying in that competition course just for the I think for the integrity of the competition as well you know you want to be given Spurs the opportunity to go through you want to you know Vitesse you know they've got to earn it and Spurs have got to play all have the fair chance to play all six games so I think for kind of a, a sporting uh, perspective I think that Spurs will be given that opportunity um now do I do I hope that we're given that opportunity I'll be totally honest I I don't. I hope we've not given that opportunity. Um, as a Spurs, I think I said on on BBC London. As a Spurs fan, you can never really turn down those opportunities to win those trophies. But for me, I think the most important thing for Spurs this year is finishing in that top four, so that we can continue to build under Conte. We can attract bigger and better players. And if we're playing one match a week, or of course with with all these rearranged fixtures, you know that could be that maybe it won't be, that won't be the case. But of course, you know that in the latter, you know the later months next year. We will have the opportunity to play one game a, one game a week, and I think that that'll be huge for the Premier League if we can do that. So, for me, I hope we're not given that opportunity. I know that's a really really bad thing to say, and I, you know I'm sure people will disagree with me. Um, but yeah, I, I, but my gut feeling is that we will be given that opportunity. But uh, let's let's see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting. Just in fact, if you know, I haven't thought about it like that, lads, uh, listeners, and viewers. I haven't thought about it in a way of 
if Wren don't want to play the game, say, say we're pushing to get it rearranged, and then Wren say, I actually weren't playing it, they then forfeit the match. I, I haven't thought about it in that way. Yeah, yeah. We get the a win. And uh, I, sorry, I must have missed a the plot there because I haven't thought about it in that way. Do you think that is a possibility? That Wren actually turn around and go, low, actually, no, we don't, we don't fancy it. They've got the group, whatever, haven't they? But the thing is, I've been so I've been so of the mindset that we're the ones that don't want to go ahead with it. I haven't thought of it again in that context, Lee. I'll be honest. I don't know. Turn around and say, no, we don't want to play it because we don't want to go through. <laughs> it's, like Spider, it's like the Spider Man thing. Like, no, you haven't gone. No, I'm Spider Man. No, I'm Spider Man. I'm Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, so here's a new scenario. Well, anyway, in our heads. Uh, thanks for for pointing it out, viewers. But. Basically, what we're saying then is Ren are going, well, hang on a minute, we don't really want to play it because at the end of the day, we don't make no make no difference to us other than we're going to have to play more games, you know, and it's going to have fixture congestion. They forfeit the match. You won't forgive us the 3-0 win and we go through. And Vitesse is sitting there thinking, hang on, what's happening here? That's that's where it becomes unfair. I think we've we've discussed maybe the possibility of UEFA banning us for not for not fulfilling that fixture. But I think it's as I, said, I think I made the point that it's it's slightly different because you know one thing saying you know I don't want to play because of injuries and, and we don't want that unfair advantage because we've got so many players missing because of injury. But I think when it comes to COVID, I think you've got a genuine legitimate excuse there. Um, so, but you know, with Rens, if they were just to come out and say, you know, I don't want to play the fixture because we don't want the hassle of travelling over to London again, we don't want it kind of disrupting our schedule, you know, I, I cannot imagine that UEFA will allow that. So um, I, I, I can't see Rens being able to turn around and say, no, actually, we don't want to play that fixture. So again, for me, I, I get that. I, I just feel as though that fixture will be played after the 31st of December. Um, so, yeah. Do you not stagger you though, Jay? I mean, isn't it crazy that we're, Including in a, in a draw yeah. that we might not even be in. I, I just I can't understand why UEFA have taken yeah, that decision because I know I know originally there was going to be uh, talk of Spurs knowing the next twenty four to forty eight hours if they were going to go ahead. And of course, and um, listen, by the time you listen to this, maybe on Tuesday or even Wednesday, we'll know our verdict by then. Anyway, but I'm just staggered. I mean, the level of this competition. I mean, bearing in mind we saw the absolute catastrophe earlier about them trying to do the Champions League draw and what happened there. Maybe the I shouldn't dog, be surprised. Dog, dog the, the dog having a turnout on the pitch the other day. I mean, literally, you know, I mean, what is happening here, lads, listeners? What is going on? Yeah, I mean, this uh, it's not it's just not an ideal competition. And for me, I mean, a lot of people will say, you know, oh, it's, it's outrageous that you're turning your nose up at a trophy like that. But I think it's a trophy that it doesn't it doesn't mean a great deal at the moment. I mean, maybe in a couple of years time, you know, 10, 15 years time, it's a trophy that it is somewhat attractive, but for me right now, it's... the thing is, Jamie. Let's be honest. You know, uh, Andreas makes a point. Uh, you know, would 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 your attitude or would our attitude change towards it? Um, yeah, there you go, Rick. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, if if we were to get into the quarterfinals, the, the point is, is that not not mine. I, you know, you have to set your stall out. You know, we can't challenge everybody and everybody that watches us and everybody that listens to us. They keep telling us to interact with us, and we love the interaction with with, with yeah. all of you. Uh, and yeah. the fans, and they say, mm. we haven't got a good enough squad. We need more players. We need more players. Well, you can't keep going into every single cup competition or tournament thinking that we can go and, and, and um, challenge on four fronts. We can't do that. So if we want to go and win the Europa Conference League, which, by the way, have a look at the draw. Don't tell me that you can go and walk that. I don't think that's that hard, um, easy to win this competition. People, you know, you've got people that are coming into this competition now. It's quite tough. Especially with anyway, yeah, go on. I was going to say that the, the point I'm making here, right, is that 
if you want to go and win the Europa Conference League, and, and that's your and that's your your play, right? Or to win a, a trophy, that's your play. Then go and play to win that then yeah. trophy. Don't then moan when you 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 can't field Harry Kane against Liverpool, and then three days later you got West Ham, and then two days later you got you, you know the the Wren, and then one two, three days later you got Leicester or whatever. You can't you can't go and do all of it. So we're a club at the moment. Manchester City, they can go and do all of it, and it's Champions League as well. So it is the the topest table, the top table. They can go and do all of that. Now Liverpool, they can go and do all of that. Manchester United maybe can go. Chelsea, Tottenham can't. So so you've got to look at it and say, what would you rather? Would you rather? And and people are going to at me now, and that's fine. You can at me if you want. People are going to say, yeah, yeah, but what? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't it be both? Because we haven't got a big yeah. enough squad to win or to challenge. Top four will get us. 83 million quid in the yeah. Champions League if you have a run. And that attraction winning, as well. Winning the Europa Conference League gets you 15 million tops. And people at me, it's not a trophy. You've lost the plot. Maybe I have, but that's the way football is now. Harry Kane doesn't stay if we get European Conference League football again next year. You know, Hummin Son starts getting sniffed about from from uh, from Manchester United because you know Park uh, uh, Park Ji Sung has said he could go and play for Man United all of a sudden. You know, he don't he don't stick around. You know, players don't want to come. Vlalovic, if City are in for Vlalovic and we're in the Champions League and we're in for Vlalovic and we've got playing with Conte, maybe Vlalovic comes to Tottenham. But he don't come if we, we we're playing another season in the uh, ESL. This is why it's complex. Use it as a development team. Use get the kids playing the uh, the, the Markham days, the Harvey Whites, the you know the Dane Scarlets. Set mm. that out, and if we lose, we lose. But that's brilliant experience for for the, for the next generation coming through. What you can't have, which is what we've done, is you can't have Dane Scarlet starting, playing sixty minutes, not getting a goal, then bringing Harry Kane on to score a hat trick. You know, it, it doesn't work. It's, it's, it's also great. It's just. I'm fed up with the same old conversations. You can't have it all as Tottenham. You can't even have one thing, let alone four. So let's choose and prioritise what we need to go at. Now, if you want to prioritise a cup versus a a, uh, a top four finish, that's very subjective. And that's exactly, you know, that's why we have these conversations and, you know, metaphorically speaking, we're all in the pub having a drink together and having this debate. But the, yeah. but the reality is you can't go and win everything. And if you want to win the Europa Conference League, play your first 11 every Europa Conference League game and go and win it. But don't go and put half, half-hearted half team out and then get the ump when Deli Alley or Tunga and Dembele don't play very well. Because Tunga and Dembele is going to play rubbish against Enes Moura and also rubbish against Liverpool. Which one do you want? Yeah, I, I think that the, the big thing as well for me at the moment is that our squad has be, uh, has become a two tier squad now. You know, you've got a, you've got obviously got the the players that play every week in the Premier League and they're in the main team. And then you've of course got this big group of players who then come in for the odd substitute appearance in the Premier League. You've then got them starting in the Europa Conference League, and uh, you know that that's where our squads. You know, that's where it's really disappointing them because you've got all these players that are coming in that kind of like. You know, I'm never really going to get this opportunity here at the club um, to, to play in the Premier League. So, you know, that's why we've seen their attitude in in the in the Europa League conference. It's just been very poor. And and just to answer the question about would my would my opinion change on whether you know we were to get into the comp, uh, the quarterfinals? No, us because I think our priority for where we want to be as a football club, we have to be getting back into that Champions League uh, that Champions League spot. Not necessarily just because I want to you know I want to see us playing in the in that competition, but. I think for what we're trying to build, you know, to, to attract the top players, to bring in that all, that huge amount of money, 
you know, we need to be playing in that, that top competition. I think we saw uh, in the summer, one of our target was Jules Kunde uh, from Sevilla. And he didn't want to join, didn't want to join us because we didn't have Champions League football. So it just goes to show what, what having that, that, that attraction can have. And then, of course, you've got Fabio Pratici, look search of a players. You've got Antonio Conte of that draw. You've got the stadium. You know, then, then Tottenham becomes a really attractive place for these top players to come in. Then you can start building a proper squad. And we'll just be in a much better place. So Spurs at the moment, we're, we're trying to build something. And that's got to be where our focus is. And for me, we have to build by, by, by being in the, you know, got to build by getting into that Champions League. And that's the best way we can do it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because on this side of the debate, um, like I say, there's so many points of view. Many agreeing with Lee, many agreeing with Jamie. And I think where I'm at, it's probably the first one in my lifetime where um, I haven't been too disheartened to see Spurs go out of a competition. But having said that, if I wake up tomorrow and Spurs are still in it, I won't be massively disappointed because I think it's, again, another opportunity to give the players a chance. But I think someone picked up on it earlier. The problem that Spurs had that I think under Nuno at the start of the season, this was used as a development tool. If you look back at the uh, Pau de Ferreira game, um, and I absolutely butchered that name, so please accept my apologies for that. But um, we did have the likes of, um, I think Hill started, Cessy Young started, and we had a number of, Galini obviously started. Um, I think that was the intention to start it as a development tool. But what under Nuno, as we know, but until happenly, under Nuno, Nuno was under massive pressure because he wasn't getting the results and he almost felt that he had to start getting the results in the Europa Conference League to then start trying to get the feel-good factor around the Premier League. And I think, listen, under Nuno, we knew it fell apart. I think Conte, Interesting. I think one of his remits would have been to get Spurs qualified, whatever we think of this competition. Yeah. And again, it was a genuine opportunity for Spurs to go and win a trophy. And Lee, I agree with you. I think even with the teams left, this is still a very hard competition to win. When you factor in that we're already behind the Premier League schedule, and then you add in FA Cup, a potential League Cup semi-final with two legs against West Ham, please God. Um, but what we do know is that as a, as a result of the draw today, uh, one of these teams will come up against uh, Rapid Vienna in that playoff tie. The first leg is due to take place on Thursday, February the 17th, with the second leg taking place the following week. So again, Lee, two-legged tie here if we do go through. Where are we going to fit all these games in, Lee? This is the other thing. Again, trying to take the... the, 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 the <laughs> it's easy for me to say I've just gotten on a proper pa passion rant, right? But take the emotion out of being a football fan. Look, I, I had tickets, um, flights booked to... Um, uh, to Slovenia, right? To 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 to, to go and watch uh, to watch the NS Moor game, um, and work commitment. And um, unfortunately, I had to let um, one of our own, Chris Cannon, down at last minute. So I, I work commitment, so I didn't end up going. But pay for my flights and all that sort of stuff. So you know, I, I do want to see us play. I do want to go and watch football matches, regardless of you know who, who we're playing and what competition we're in. But when you look at it practically, it's not it's not practical. It it doesn't work. So. If we've got a two-legged tie against Rapid Vienna, who again, by the way, they are not. This this is not. You're not playing Morecambe, right? In the two-legged tie, playing Morecambe. This is Rapid Vienna. Like not being funny. Like, I think we just got turned over by NS Moor, didn't we, viewers yeah. and listeners? So so at the end of the day, these are not walkover games. You're going to be in the mindset of now going away in a situation going right. We're going to have to play. When's Kane getting a rest? By the way, like, just just find it out there. If we sign, if we go and stick seventy-five big ones down for Vlalovic, and he does come to us, that don't happen until January. We've still got two, two, three, four weeks or whatever. How many games you got right now? Five games, is it before the January? Well, I think Even five open. games, but whether that changes now because again the backlog, I think we await to see. And again, with this fixture against Rennes, if that is likely to be, if it is going to be replayed, 
I know we said this earlier, Jay. I know you said it was we've got to play it by the thirty first, but yeah. UEFA are going to have to be flexible, aren't they? There's there's no way we're going to be able to fit that game in when you look at suppose and, and, and then Rens, Rens's, uh fixture as well. I think they've got games during uh, midweek, uh, the next couple of midweeks, yeah, and, uh, and they finish on December. They the go 20th. winter break, don't they? Twenty third is it? Twenty third. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they do yeah. on the twenty third, um, yeah. and then they obviously have their winter break. So. You know, they're, they're obviously in a very difficult situation in terms of when mm. they're going to fit games in. And they're also flying in the French League as well. I think they did lose on the weekend, which is such a shame. Um, they did lose on the weekend. Um, but they, they yeah. are going well in the league. So, what, you know, they're not going to want to try and put on a fixture that they're already through. They've already won the group. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be very difficult to see where it's played between uh, here and kind of the new year. So, this I, is I, the I thing though, Jamie. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, come back to when, when's Kane getting a rest then? We've got one strike at football club. Bane Scarlett, seventeen. He's not. He's not playing. He's, he's injured yep. as well. It, so we're going to play Kane every single game, right? Because we're not playing Birdvine and we're not playing. Um, we're not playing Deli Ali, whatever. So Kane's going to play every game. He's going to go away to play Rapid Vienna. Then he's going to come back and play the other leg. Then he's going to play West Ham. Then he's going to play Liverpool. Then he's going. I mean, come on. Anyone yep. with half a brain is thinking, okay, these are too many games. It is I know we want trophies, but we go and win that trophy, we get bantered. If we if we don't if we get dropped out, we get bantered. If we go through the next round and get beaten, we get bantered. We, we're going to get bantered anyway. So I would rather with Antonio Conte full 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 Antonio Conte burners. I'd rather go after the top four. We win our two games in hand. We are in the top four. We are actually sitting in the top four if we win our two games in hand. And then we go after it. Can we go and take points off of Liverpool? Can we go and challenge ourselves in the Premier League, the best league in the world? That's where we want to challenge ourselves. That's where he wants to be. And yeah, of course. It's that top four, Rick. Mm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of visions of Conte lifting that Europa Conference League and... We've got the resume of that, one, that man has won. To one side, do a Jose wouldn't he go and give his medal to someone else when Jose <laughs> won one of it for Chelsea back in the day? I, I don't, I don't want to sound arrogant here. By the way, I'm passionate. I don't want to sound arrogant because we are we are a shambles of a football club when it comes to winning trophies, and it's been absolutely way too long, absolutely way too long. I don't want to sound arrogant, but it's about building momentum. If we set out at the beginning of the season and said our objective. For twenty uh, for 2021-22 season is to win the Europa Conference League. Happy days. Play your first eleven. Go win it. And 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 if you don't win it, you don't win it. That would probably be classic Tottenham. But we didn't set. Mm. We didn't do that. We set out to 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 improve, to be competitive. We didn't have a plan at the beginning of this season. We've now got a yeah. plan, and that plan is let's go win and let's go get back to the top table. And that doesn't include Europa Conference League. Yeah, that's fair. Well, listen, um, before we do go for our next break, um, what we understand as well, the winners will advance that Europa Conference League round of 16, which commences on Thursday, March the 10th. Um, in a statement from UEFA on Saturday morning, they said regarding Spurs' postponed fixture that following a COVID-19 outbreak in the team of Tottenham Hotspur ahead of the Europa Conference League group stage match against Stade Rene, scheduled it was for the 9th of December 2021. The match could not be played in accordance with Annex J of the Europa Conference League regulations. UEFA, in cooperation with the two clubs, tried to find a viable solution in order to reschedule the match, which could be completed accordingly. Unfortunately, despite all the efforts, a solution that could work for both clubs could not be found. And as a consequence, the match could no longer be played. And the matter will, therefore, be referred to the UEFA control ethics and disciplinary body for decision to take in accordance with an XJ of the above-mentioned competition regulations. So what that essentially means is that we're still waiting here on the Monday for a verdict to see if Spurs are going to be in this competition. 
Uh, next, we are going to go for our second break of the show. Uh, when we return, it's time to discuss the Delhi Alley speculation. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Delhi Alley. Um, there's been reported by several outlets today, uh, Daily Mail, uh, Telegraph, uh, of course, at The Athletic as well, that the next stage of Fabio Paratici's rebuild could possibly see Delhi Alley bidding farewell to the club in January. Lee, let's start with you on this one. Um, I know you've always been a big Dilly Alley fan, if anybody heard you um, very briefly, of course, on uh, BBC London Radio, you also were there again with Delhi giving your thoughts. Um, for our audience, I didn't hear you on that. Just want to give your thoughts on Delhi and where we currently stand and a possible January move. Try and calm down now, Rick. We've got the old passion flowing through. I know, right? It's... I've been a Delhi Alley fan from day one. Um, I, I I love the fella, um, and I've and I've always come on last word on Spurs and always defended him. I've always said the same thing: here come good, here come good. I think it was maybe a couple of shows ago. It was after that Moura uh, performance actually that I just thought, do you know what? Actually, I think his time is done. It's a little bit like an epiphany, Jamie. You had it with Tunga and Dembele. I think I had it with Deli Ali. Um, <laughs> I think the prob- I think the thing is with Deli Ali. I mean, his uh, his um, Premier League record is ridiculous. It's 179 games, 52 goals, 36 assists, or whatever it is. is 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 unbelievable. Faster to 50 Premier League goals than the likes of Scholes, Lampard, Gerrard, all these top 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 players. I think the problem with him is that he's he's uh, he's fallen away because of the changes that we're having at the football club didn't necessarily suit him. And all of a sudden, he's just looked disinterested. He looks disinterested in playing football. Now, look, I don't want to say a bad word about the guy because I don't know what goes on in his private life. Like most viewers and listeners, that don't have a clue what goes on in people's private lives behind closed doors. No one really knows. So I don't want to make a judgment on that. But what I would make a judgment on is what some of the posts that he puts out on on, on Instagram and on, on, the, on social media, they are strange, lads. Uh, viewers and listeners, aren't they? And I just think you've got a world-class manager coming into the football club. You, you've got to be looking at it thinking, oh my word, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be a beast again. I'm going to be the best. But then he's he's posts weird stuff on this. It, it, maybe he's maybe he's just done with Tottenham, and maybe he just needs to move move on. What, what do you think, Jamie? Yeah, for me, I think he's kind of, I said earlier that we've got a two-tier squad. You know, you've got a group of players that play every week, you've got a group of players that occasionally might play in some of the cup competition. Unfortunately, Deli Ali's fallen into that that group of players that are, are very rarely playing. And I think that that's very difficult um, to kind of find any sort of consistency. And, and I think that that's such a big thing. He just hasn't really played enough football to try and regain any sort of form. He's never really had that opportunity. But he's then had had some small opportunities where you've then got to take your chance and he's never really taken his chance. I think he kind of, I think it started, I remember Jason, uh, Jason reminded me um, during the last show that we just done on BBC um, that it was an injury, it was an injury in, in 2019 that he picked up against Fulham in January um, that kind of ruled him out for a long time and ever since then he struggled to get back into the first team, he struggled for consistent running the side and um, 
yet, unfortunately, he's never really kind of earned that place back. So he's fallen into that place where he's just not playing enough. And I think he now needs... And then, of course, the squad's evolved. He just doesn't fit into any sort of the systems that the managers have played, of course, under Pochettino. He perfectly suited that number 10 role or kind of working, you know, slotting in with Ericsson and, uh, and and Son. And then, of course, you know, fantastic when he would come up at the back post and, and score goals. But he's just not really had that. Um, there's also been that case that he's not had that really, that role's not available for him in the squad anymore. So I think for him, he definitely needs to go and move on. And I think it's a case of rather than looking of, of going to a club where the money is, where they're going to offer him lots of money, I'd like to see Deli Ali go to a club that are going to offer him fantastic opportunities. And rather than saying, you know, we're going to give you 300 grand a week, he's going to take the opportunity of where the club is saying, look, we're going to build the team around you. We're going to give you the opportunity to play in the right position. You're going to play regular football. Because I think that that's what Deli Ali needs. He needs that opportunity of playing regular football because he's just not really had that at Spurs. He's not really earned that opportunity to have that again. Um, so... Yeah, Can I ask you, Jay, is it regular football? Is it a bit anything more? And again, I, I totally agree with Lee. We don't know what's going on in the guy's personal yeah. life. But um, from what we see on Instagram and these other social media profiles, that for me personally, looking in again from the outside here, this to me looks like a player that has just fallen out of love, not just with Tottenham, but with football. He just yeah. doesn't seem, when well, he's it... even on the pitch, right? The only way I can put it, he's on the pitch. He doesn't seem vacant. It's almost like he's not even aware he's playing football. That That's all I can put it down to. And it's such a bizarre drop-off from a man that had such an incredible start to his Spurs career. Where I think we all were sitting there in agreement thinking, this guy, I mean, what's he worth? The amount of goals he's scored. And again, I'm not going down the sentimental route. And um, what I'm trying to understand is just how quickly um, that plight has taken effect of him to the point where there was a small rebirth, Jay, under Nuno. But I think we all knew... That position wasn't Delhi's position. Um, so, I mean, does he even fit into a Conte team if there was to be a revival with Delhi? Well, I, I think it's also a case he needs. I think he's become very comfortable at Tottenham, as have a lot of players. And I think that maybe that change of environment as well. I mean, we saw Jesse Lingard. He obviously was at Manchester United for an incredibly long time, went away, changed the environment, came down to London, did fantastically well at West Ham. And now, of course, gone back up to Manchester and he's just kind of, he's back to being in the same sort of role. So I think that sometimes maybe just being in a different environment, having that change of scenery, that re-motivates you. It gives you kind of, you know, new motivation to go and be a better player. So that's, I think that's another thing that Deli Ali needs. But look, again, I think you've got to, you've got to look. He's had those, he has had opportunities to earn his way back into the team. And as you said, Ricky, he just never really looks like he's, he's been that interested when he's been given those opportunities. I, I agree. I mean, you, you look at the Lingard thing, Jamie, you say there, I mean, 16 appearances, uh, nine goals, six assists. I mean, mm. if we could get that, if we could get that out of Ndombele, Deli Alley, you know, this is what the team needs, you know, the, the reliance. And look, look, look at what's happening now. When Kane's not scoring goals, other people in the team have to step up and score. Yeah. Two goals from, from Hoiberg so far. Lucas has is, is, is scored a peach at the weekend. Six goals from Son, a couple of assists. Free assist from Reggie. People have to start, you know, start stepping up because Kane's not scoring. We need Delhi. We need, uh, sorry, we need Delhi or the likes of Delhi to step up. Is what I mean. I'm not saying we need Delhi. Yeah, but you know, the old Delhi would be nice. But yeah, Delhi. do you know what I mean? It's like the, the, mm, they, absolutely. Players, there's, there's a gaping hole in this team, and Conte is looking around the dressing room. He's looking around the training, the hospital way, and he's going, 
who wants to fill this massive gaping hole, which is my Fabregas, my five goals a season, uh, you know, Abs- nine, yep. 10, 11 assists from. Uh, who, 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 do you fancy it, Tungai? Do you fancy it, Delhi? Do you fancy it, Lacelso? None of them fancy it. They're like, nah, do you know what? Probably not really. This staggering, isn't it, though? Staggering. Yeah, One of the quick. top five managers in the world. I, I cannot understand that. And we're just deadly on, on this point quickly. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, ended Antonio Conte's winning run under Chelsea. Spoke very, very highly of him when he came through the door. I cannot understand or fathom why, um, again, from the outside looking in, why he's not getting his head down and working his absolute socks off to want to be part of this Spurs team where um, under Mourinho last season, he had just 15 Premier League appearances across the entire... Oh, sorry, 15 Premier League appearances coming across the entire campaign, 10 of them being, of course, under Jose Mourinho. I mean, again, such a dramatic fall. Um, where do we see, Jay, coming up to you, where do we see January going for Delhi? Will it be to a club like a Newcastle or a Brighton? Where do you see a potential move for him? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll just say, I think it may be also a bit of confidence as well. I think we've seen how crucial confidence can be in, in, in sport and kind of football as well. I mean, Fernando Torres is a fantastic example of that. You know, a guy who was incredible at Liverpool, goes to Chelsea and clearly lost his confidence um, and then was, you know, obviously a very poor player after that. And I think it's a, a similar situation with Deli Alli again. Um, you know, maybe there have been some times where... You know, he, he just doesn't have that confidence to do what he used to do. I mean, so much of the stuff that he, when, when he was at his very best, he would do without thinking, you know, fantastic, you know, pieces of skill, um, fantastic goals. He just doesn't seem to have that confidence in himself anymore. And I said, you know, when you get yourself into a bad situation and that bad situation was that he got injured um, and then fell out of the team. And I think that that's where that lack of confidence has really stemmed from. And over time, you know, as he continues to, you know, have poor, poor performance after poor performance, then that confidence goes, you know, continues to go down and then you're kind of in a, a really, really bad place. Um, so I, th- I think there's definitely a confidence issue. But um, yeah, just in terms of where I see him in January, I think it will probably, I, I, I can imagine it will be a loan move with maybe an obligation or an option to buy um, because I don't think any club's going to pay a, any sort of fee really for Deli Ali. But there may also be clubs and managers looking at him and thinking, well, actually, I, I feel as though I could get the best out of him. I could help him rediscover his form. So Is he a little bit like a like an Oxlade-Chamberlain type situation where people there's a lot of people that didn't really see that move happening to from Arsenal to Liverpool? Um, you know, 40 million was quite a lot of money at that point for an Oxlade-Chamberlain. He was kind of in and out. He's probably yep. playing more than, than Dead Alley at the time, to be fair. Uh, yeah, he was, yeah. he's got left on his contract, but Deli Ali's got two and a half years left, right? He's got two years after this year, so we're half a season in. So, and he's he's English as well, so that means uh, you know they tend to go for a higher premium. You know, is is there a forty million floating about? I agree with you, Jamie. I don't think there is. I think that I think that if you're going to sell Deli Ali, it'd be for around twenty, which seems utterly criminal. It's mental, so, isn't it? That yeah, job, it does, doesn't it? So put him out on loan get his confidence back, get him playing in a way. And then if he comes back to Tottenham and shows that form, fantastic. We've got a player back. And if not, two years left on his contract, English player, homegrown for somebody else's, uh, for another club's quota, but he's on form, we probably do sell him for 40, 45 million. Yep. Um, uh, like I say, on Delhi, I guess, go on, Jay, can we carry on there? I'll just say, I'll just, yeah, I mean, it's difficult because obviously we'd love Delhi Andy to succeed at Spurs and maybe come back. But for me, I... It just feels though like it is it is time to move on and kind of make it permanent. So I, I for me personally, I would hope to see kind of maybe a an option or an obligation to buy with a loan because I think even I know Newcastle's been a name that's kind of been suggested, but 
I think they'll be looking at, they'll want proper Premier League proven players that are going to be able to hit the ground running now. So even like a Newcastle who are going to be willing to overspend on players, I can't see that being a, a, a real option. And then, of course, you look at maybe the other options, Everton's, um, I just don't see them having that sort of money, you know, the four, as Lee said, the £14 million to spend on a player. So I think... I mean, that's, that's, that's why you can't go now for £40 million, right? You can probably go for like 20 but but the point being is, you know, he, 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 he has, I think somebody made it in the comments, gone up there now, but it's it's where he wants to go and who will have him in two different things. Danny Rose, any interest from Milan still? Any news on Milan springs to mind. And I'm not being, I don't want to try and belittle him for that, but people need to, you know, understand that, you know, Danny can just sit where he wants. You know, it's ironic, isn't it? How ironic is it that we sing... He only costs five mil. He's better than Ozil. When now he's sitting there in situation where Ozil was in, maybe on a little bit less money, but he's on a bumper contract. He's get paid loads of money, and he's disinterested in football. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that what Ozil, Ozil used to or was said a lot about Ozil? Where he's sitting there Absolutely. playing PlayStation for three hundred fifty grand a week. Ironic, isn't it, Tottenham? Isn't it ironic that we, we, it is Deli Ali is in that situation? Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's it's such a strange one with Delhi. I mean, again, it's a case of waiting and seeing what happens with January and what that brings us. And again, like I say, um, we'll know one way or another whether we'll be part of a Newcastle's rebuild rather than Tottenham's. But we are going to go for our final break of the show. Uh, taking this break, you're going to hear from a couple of Leicester City podcasters that have very kindly uh, taken their time out to give us their thoughts as to whether um, Leicester and Spurs will be going ahead, number one. At number two, uh, what a potential outcome will be. Hi, guys. Lee Chappie here again. Leicester fan. Big game coming up. Um, both been hit with COVID as well. Uh, we've lost Keith Leachie and Acho. We've lost Perez and Daniel Amate. In particular, Daniel Amate, who's a centre-back. We need a centre-back desperately. Johnny Evans receiving a hamstring problem in about the first five minutes against Newcastle at the weekend. Looking a little worrying at squad depth for Leicester, to be honest with you. However, some of the players returning have been quite good. Yuri Tiedemann's returning from injury, looking fantastic against Newcastle. Not so great against Napoli for his first game back, but all in all, um, he looks like he's going to be uh, back to his best. James Madison, speaking of back to his best, looks on fire with assists and goals coming from all over the place. Supplying goals to Patson Dakar, who, by the way, will probably end up starting again over Jamie Vardy. Don't ask me why. Just the stats don't lie. Put it that way. Pats and Dak are on complete fire. Um, but the team looking like like it's going to be a 4 2 3 1 formation. I can imagine Wilfred Ndidi popping in at centre back with Soyuncu uh, and Castanho on that right side and Thomas, Luke Thomas on the left, with Casper obviously in the sticks. Yuri Tiedemans will pair up with Sumare in the middle, with James Madison probably going right. Drewsby Hall, Kieran Drewsby Hall in the middle as a cam, and Harvey Barnes, who again looks really good now on that left side, and Patsadaka probably starting up top instead of Jamie Vardy. Um, I want revenge, boys. I'm not going to lie. Um, the last game of the se- <clears throat> the last game of the season really knocked me, to be honest with you. Uh, losing out Champions League football yet again, two years in a row. And this time losing to you boys at the King Power uh, left a bit of a, a sour one in my uh, in my mouth. I'll be honest with you, a sour taste. So I really, really do want to get a win against you boys. And uh, if we can play anything like we did against Newcastle, 
I think we can beat you boys, to be honest. Um, and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for a prediction here. I'm going to give you my prediction. I'm going to go for a 3-1. A mad game of 3-1 for the Leicester boys. Um, thank you for having me on. You produce some great content, boys. Keep up the fantastic work over there. And I shall see you very, very soon. Take care, boys. Bye-bye. Hi, guys. Hope you're all doing well. Um, thank you very much indeed for asking me back onto the podcast. Um, my thoughts really ahead of Leicester against Spurs on Thursday. Um, it's interesting, uh, an intriguing one, because for Leicester, it has been um, how best to describe our season. Inconsistent is probably the best way I can I can describe it. At times, you know, there's been, been strides made, but it's often felt like one step forward and, and two back, which, to be honest, came as a little bit of a surprise for Leicester fans, to be honest. Um, we've had a couple of, of really strong seasons and we thought we'd strengthened well in the summer and uh, we didn't lose any players this summer either. So whilst we perhaps weren't thinking to emulate the fifth place finish, we certainly thought we could be challenging um, for that similar kind of area. And, and and so far, we look quite a long way off that, um, to be honest. And if I'm honest, um, we're currently eighth and I'm very surprised we're as high as what we are because we've not been good. Um, we've played well in a few games, but by and large, it's it's not been a good season. Um, defensively all season, it's been a, it's been a real nightmare for us. Um, interestingly, um, I suspect on Thursday, it's going to be... Wilfred Ndidi playing at, at centre-half alongside Shagla Soyuncu and uh, Ndidi is our sixth-choice central defender. Uh, for Fiona out, Evans out, and I believe Amati, Vestergaard and Justin also out. So that's where our problems have been all this season, uh, struggling for any kind of consistency at the back. Our defensive record is is pretty dreadful. I think it's only um, Norwich and Newcastle who have, to, who have conceded more than us, which isn't the greatest of records, is it, to be honest? Um, set pieces are a big problem as well. Uh, we've conceded more than anyone else from set pieces. So if you put a good ball into the box, um, they've been saying that a corner against Leicester is as good as a goal. Um, so, so hopefully we can learn to defend them a little bit better to give themselves a chance of actually playing well in games. Um, as far as positives go, going forward, um, we've been all right. We've got the likes of, of Jamie Vardy, who's the, the second top goal scorer in the Premier League at the moment, but also ably backed up by by Patson Dacker, who's been playing lots, and and as has James Madison, who's who's returned to form, and, and Harvey Barnes the same. So going forward, we should cause a threat. It's very much for us just uh, trying to say, uh, trying to stay defensively strong at the back. Um, Still a long way to go as well this season for Leicester. And I I hope anyway that we will improve as, as the season goes on. And, and looking at the league table at the moment, I suspect the top eight will probably be as it is. Um, but I'm not going to be as bold as into predicting what order that will be. Um, but Leicester currently in eighth. And I think the top eight will, will be what it is. As far as predicting the team lineup for Thursday to kind of help you guys out. It's really difficult at the moment because I know that, that Spurs have got a number of, of COVID problems. Well, well, as do Leicester. Um, it was, I think, eight players out for the, the Napoli game the other week. The team and, and the squad currently filled with academy players. So I suspect it will probably be the same group of players that played against Newcastle on Sunday when we did win. Um, it would be really good for, for Leicester to pick up a positive result on Thursday. We've got a really tough run coming up, playing the likes 
of Manchester City and Liverpool over the Christmas period. Um, now, <laughs> an interesting one for Spurs fans. I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but Harry Kane uh, absolutely loves playing against Leicester. It's his favourite club to play against in the Premier League. He averages well over a goal a game. I actually think it's closer to two goals a game, uh, which is pretty impressive. So uh, Harry Kane struggling for goals at the moment. He'll probably be looking at this fixture thinking this is a perfect opportunity for him to return to some kind of form. So uh, as far as a prediction goes, look, I think there will be goals. As I've said, we're not particularly good at defending, uh, but we are decent going forward. And Spurs have got a very good record against Leicester. So I think goals um, will be on the menu on Thursday evening. And uh, I'm just hoping that, that Leicester managed to, to edge it. Um, hope you guys are well. And uh, hopefully I'll speak to you soon and uh, enjoy the Christmas period. As things stand at the moment, as we record here again, I must emphasise on the Monday, um, we know Spurs have still got a number of of COVID cases and they're being tested daily now. Um, we expect this thing stands for this game to go ahead. Um, if it isn't, uh, we'll be back during the week. God knows what we'll be providing you in terms of content, uh, but we'll always be trying to find a way. Um, so like I say, we have to say Spurs have now been out of action for over a week after this COVID outbreak means matches, of course, against Rennes, Brentford were postponed. And we knew Spurs during the week of last week had Eight first-team players testing positive for the virus, meaning, of course, that the games were subsequently called off. Um, we obviously didn't have that trip to Brighton. And now Leicester is in the forefront of our mind. Uh, Conte spoke of how important it was to put the players' health first and their families ahead of last week, where he said the situation is very serious. Every day we are having positives. I think that is not right for everyone because we have a family and we have contact with them and we must come back home. We have contact with our family. Um, he was very distressed last week, Antonio Conte. Um, we'll start with the news ahead of Leicester, coming over to you, Lee, that um, as things stand, as we understand it here, Spurs have got potentially only 13 players available for selection. Now, we have no idea if that's, um, of course, first-team players, but that's in terms of the squad that Spurs would have for this game, just 13 players. Is that fair? We're being made to play this league potentially by the Premier League? Fair. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it was fair that Lewis lost the championship yesterday, but he, he lost it, right? Do you know what I mean? I don't think it was fair that uh, Liverpool was awarded a penalty in the Champions League final, but but it happened and, and it didn't get overturned. I don't think it was fair that Thierry we knocked our island out all them years ago in the World Cup qualifier, but it happened. So I'm not sure if fair comes into it. I think that, that a president needs to be set. You know, if you've got three players, I think, you know, from that lot down the road, whatever you say about them, Mikel Arteta made a fantastic point is, well, hang on a minute, we had three people out of, uh, for, for COVID at the beginning of the season. Is it three? Is it four? Is it eight? Is it What constitutes when you can stop or, or, or have a game postponed? Um, I, I, I'll answer your question in a different way. I think it, if we've got 13 players available that can play enough fit, I think the game will go ahead. And I didn't think that two days ago, Rick, when, when I was on the last time with you, two or three days ago, I didn't. I couldn't see the Leicester game happening, um, but I can see it happening now. To be honest, so and, and look like a lot of uh, like a lot of um, comments in the in, in the chat and uh, you know for, for our listeners as well. A lot of people are saying you know it, 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 the backlog is going to be too too much for us to, um, to 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 come back at. So 
we need to get these fixtures playing. And look, we all want to play. I think the cut, I think Antonio Conte wants to play football. And like I said earlier, you know, the momentum was with us. Yeah, MS says about uh, uh, on, on the question uh, before, is this forced break gonna gonna mm-hmm. scupper off all plays? I would much rather have the points in the bank rather than games in hand, personally. Um, and you know, we've already got two games in hand. Are we gonna have another game in hand if Leicester doesn't go ahead? Uh, what will we now? We're on Monday, Thursday, it's yep. only three days away, essentially, isn't it? I think it's going to happen, yeah. And we have to say, Jay, coming over to you, we know Leicester have also been struggling themselves in terms of uh, COVID cases there. And Brendan Rodgers did say ahead of this game that um, he can't give a number. It's medical and it's like, I don't declare to you, but we have a host of players out, a mixture of COVID, of course, players that aren't well. So that's as much as I can say. Um, He said, I haven't heard that the Spurs game is not on. And obviously with the European decision as well, with Tottenham being able to play, I suspect the game would go ahead. We haven't been told anything otherwise i'm where are we jay with this is it is it right to be playing this with leicester also having covid mm-hmm. cases or is is this decision also based on the fact that spurs have already had burnley mm-hmm. snowed off and brighton also postponed and yeah. there's a concern that maybe for the integrity of the league spurs are getting games almost kind of built up now um in advantage over the rest essentially yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I don't, I never really got that when people were saying we're having all these games in hand because, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to have to play them in a small condensed period of, of time. So that's only going to kind of uh, limit us. So I never really understood that argument. Um, I, I think the main thing is, you know, whether it's actually safe to send be sending players into the training ground. For me personally, I was, I, I think the game had to be called off against Mura and, and and on the weekend because you couldn't send the players into the training ground. And, and when, when, there's, when there's so many COVID cases at the club and, of course, you know, Conte speaks about the players being scared and, uh, and, and the coaching staff being scared of going in and mixing. Of course, we have, you know, he said in that press conference that, that a player tested positive that trained with the team uh, during that day. So, it showed, you know, at that point, that's when that's why games were called off, because you could not send players, you could not be sending the staff and players in to prepare for matches when it's not safe. But now, hopefully, we're looking like we're getting into more of a situation where it is safe for the players to start going back into training. And if you've got the set right now number of players to, to kind of fulfil a fixture, then and it, and it's safe to do so, then I think the game definitely goes ahead. And, and that's just the way it is. As, as we made the point, Leicester have got players missing because of, of COVID. They've got a fairly long list of players and uh, supposedly ill with some decent players there. So, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. But for me, it looks as though it's heading in the right direction. It's going to be safe for the players to start getting back to Hotspur Way um, and, and the game should go ahead. It's, it's, it's interesting, actually. Adrian makes a really good point as well about imagine the uproar when teams get thrashed. Thank you, Rick. When teams get thrashed, when they're forced to play weakened teams. Crackers made a fantastic point on Chris Callan's show uh, this week when he talked about, um, you know, the Europa League uh, conference game being played against Ren and actually rolling out our under-18s and under-23s. And I think Jason made a comment on the uh, on the Dots and Tottenham versus last one on Spurs pod this week as well about actually you had to be grade A players or A-list players or whatever it was. Yep. If any of the big teams, not us per se, but if any of the big teams play a weakened side against FA Cup teams or against Carabao Cup in the Carabao Cup, the first thing everyone says is, that's outrageous, you're out of order, you're, you, you know, you're, you're, ta- you're not taking the competition seriously, this, that and the other. If they played a horrific, I think Liverpool had it, didn't they, a couple of years ago when they played a weakened side or whatever and people saying, look, this is the under-23 side, this is out of order, this is, you can't do this. But actually, when everybody's ill and we literally are injured and we literally have no players, it's all right to start throwing 
all the kids in all of a sudden. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's just double standard. So you know, I think you know, common sense needs to prevail here. If you've got enough players to play and they're they're, they're fit and they they can represent your football club from the first team, then the, the fixture should go ahead. And if you can't, then it, then it should it should be postponed. I think the Brighton game again. I'm I'm speculating a little bit, but mm. I think the Brighton game. Correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Rick. I think there was eight players out from Brighton for various different things. It wasn't COVID per se, but there's maybe a couple of COVID cases, maybe a couple of illnesses. You know, uh, I think there's some suspensions. They they had some some people out like Lewis Dunk, uh, Shane Duffy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They were probably quite happy in the back of their minds to get that fixture postponed. A little bit like the snowed off fixture with Burnley. Burnley right? as well. Likewise, yeah. yeah. You know, they had Tchaikovsky out and they had a couple of people out and Barnes out and whatever. And they probably in the back of their mind. So, you know, if Leicester all of a sudden have a bit of COVID come into their um into their training ground, which looks remarkably brilliant, by the way, and very much modelled on Tottenham Hotspur's uh, Hotspur way. Uh, but that's a side that's a sideshow. Um, if, if they have it coming into their, their training ground, then ultimately, all of a sudden, Wednesday, they'll start going, oh, we've got a couple of players out here. Maybe we should postpone it. So it's very, very difficult, I think, for to, to, for anybody to manage. I'm not blaming anyone. Let's just hope the lads get fit and we can get back playing football again because I want three points. Amen. Uh, Jay, let's come over to you. I want to ask you about Brendan Rodgers. I mean, interestingly, of course, um, speculation was at the time for Tottenham when the Spurs job became available and that feels like a while ago now, thank God, um, that Brendan Rodgers was up there as potentially one of those candidates. And I think, again, it was shot down very quickly from Brendan. He committed his future to Leicester. Finally, I saw last week a lot of Leicester fans starting to starting to really have a go at Rodgers. You know, You're um, doing your the, research, aren't you, Rick? You're well, doing jo- your research jo- a bit of Brendan Rodgers. It's funny, though, because I tell you, I know, Lee, you're laughing at me for this, but it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because, he, again, Leicester, he seemed untouchable at one point, won the FA Cup there. I mean, I know with Leicester fans, there's been some frustration, some frustration that um, they've bottled the top four on two, obviously, you know, con- consequence occasions, right? Two times in a row, they've oh, yeah, been in the top four. You know, that, on that, that final day, they've... they've, they've... Points, 11 points clear in first yeah. position two seasons yeah. ago, and they've yeah. come fifth. And then they did the same last year in terms of coming fifth. Yes, he's yeah. won the FA Cup and so on and so forth. And you know, I know, I know you're going over to Jamie, but he is a quality mm. manager. Come from Celtic to, and he was very much high on a lot of our list. And one of our own, uh, John from Little White Rose, really wanted Brendan Rodgers at our football club, yeah. no doubt. Um, I think he's okay there, though, Jamie. Do you, do you think or not? Do you think he's under threat? I, I would say he's under a little bit of pressure um, because they are 12th in the league. And then, of course, you look at where they are trying to be, as you said, with the training facilities they've got. I think they've got a very decent squad as well. They've made some good signings this year, of course, Pat Sundaka. Um, I, I think we said it on one of the shows that Jamie Vardy, you know, he's been keeping Jamie Vardy at the team. And I saw his performance against Newcastle uh, yesterday. I think he looked very good. And, uh, yeah, a player I really wish we should have signed, but um, we didn't. But he, he looks like a decent player. So they've got a good squad as well. So... I think for where they are building, you know, 12th is not acceptable. You know, they should have probably gone through in their group. I think it was, was it Spartak? And, and, we, it and we must say, Jay, that, that that Europa League group for Leicester, I mean, they were top of that Europa League group going into that final game against Napoli. And we're not, I'm not claiming that Napoli away is easy because it's a very tough place to go. But to go from top, you know, to not qualify, and Rodgers yeah. himself said he doesn't know what the Conference League is. I mean, that's a big blow to those owners that have put a lot of money into that football club. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of, as you pointed out, it's not the first time they've they've kind of slipped up in a in a in a promising position. And of course, I mean Liverpool, of course, did the you know the famous "Let's not let this slip," and and they of course ended up losing out on the title to Man City that year that Brendan Rodgers was there. So 
you know, he's he's kind of shown that he's got that a bit, you know, I mean, maybe he's a perfect um, fit for Spurs. He always just kind of falters just at the just at the wrong time. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, he's, he's still a good he's still a good manager. Um, he's obviously done a lot for them. He won the FA Cup last year. He's got them kind of competing. But I think for where they are trying to go to as a football club, to be in 12th place in the Premier League, or well, they've probably climbed up a couple of places now, um, given that they won yesterday. But uh, yeah, I, I think the pressure is on yeah, him. I, actually, I do think the pressure. Yeah, so they've obviously. Yeah, I mean, I was looking. Yeah. I was, but it's the first time I've looked at the table, right? Because obviously, you know, oh, we're not, um, we're not been playing, though, right? Have we? Not been playing. I, yeah. I'm absolutely flabbergasted by this, right? First time I looked at the table for 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 a few days, and I'm just I'm just I'm just double checking this is correct, right? And it is a big if, right? So massive capital letters, viewers and listeners, right? If <laughs> but if we win our two games in hand, not only do we go fourth, but we go fourth and we're three points clear in fourth. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm struggling. It's, it's, good, where we don't, it's good where we don't play it. We seem to do a lot better. We're not playing. Maybe we should just give up the rest of the fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it is an advantage that we don't play. Look, I mean, I think that's absolutely staggering. Considering you look at this and you go, West Ham are having an absolute storming season, best season they've ever had. Or whatever. The best, the, the, the best, the best Premier League team yeah. they've ever had, according yeah, to some yeah, fans. Best, exactly. You look at that. Arsenal are flying. They're amazing. They've got no European football. We we, we absolutely wipe for them. Tottenham having the worst season ever, you know, like, uh, you know, this is absolute nightmare. We're a nightmare. We've already sat our manager. We've got this and the other. And and actually, if we win our two games in hand, this is why it's important to get the games going. Uh, if, if you were a player, uh, throwing it back to you'd you, wanna, you'd want to play. You'd want to play. play. You'd want to play, wouldn't you? You'd want to play. Momentum is key. You, under momentum Conte, key. go, right, let's have it. Yeah, momentum is key. I think when you look at what Spurs are doing recently, those games they had, the Leeds... The Brentford, they were just getting a form of a rhythm. And, you know, it was good because you always had that build-up towards Liverpool. You had Brighton as well. Brighton, again, were kind of faltering under Potter, not really scoring many goals. There's some good football inside. Um, and I think this is really important for Spurs because I don't think we can afford to go from having a two-week break from football straight into Liverpool. I think that is very dangerous to go to having a break into Liverpool. But what I will say is that um, there will be a feeling around Leicester Lee to come over to you that because Rodgers is under pressure, they do need a result. And I know people might think I'm crazy saying that. I know they won the FA Cup only a season ago. But football we've seen works in very mysterious ways. That If you're not getting results and fans aren't happy, social media is a powerful tool. And I've, I've seen Rodgers trending out, you know, only a couple of nights ago yeah. um, from Leicester fans. So there'll be big pressure under Rodgers. A game against Newcastle at the weekend, he was expected to win. Obviously, Newcastle towards the bottom of the league. They've won it convincingly. But um, how much can Spurs potentially take advantage of that game, even if it isn't our preferred 11 that do go out there to play on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I'm always a, li a little bit blinded uh, because I always want to back Tottenham and, and, and think that we're going to go out and win. So it's difficult to know what state the squad's going to be in. But... I fancy us up at Leicester if we've got a you know if we've got the majority if not all obviously Romero's not going to be around but if we've got the majority of our first team players fit and, and obviously fit is the question but if they are fit if they've got the jersey on they're, they're fit enough to play I do fancy our chances to get up against Leicester I think Antonio Conte has got us playing some some decent football controlling football you know it was a little bit of a worry having letting uh, Brentford and, and Norwich having quite a lot of the ball. But I think he'd done that on purpose. You know, we was in control of both of them games. And I think we've we've conceded one goal uh, since he's joined us, um, haven't we, in the Premier League. 
So, you know, I, I fancy our chance to go out a bit, although our away record at the moment isn't isn't fantastic, as we said earlier in the show. But, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a huge game, Rick. Absolutely huge game. If we could just park COVID for a bit and just go after, you know, this football match, I think you're spot on. I think Leicester is, is under pressure. He needs to get a result. Yes, he's just won 4-0 against Newcastle, but, um, you know, that was to be expected. Tottenham are going up there with Antonio Conte. This is a big, big challenge for us, but also a massive opportunity. We, if we go, if we go and beat that, uh, beat Leicester, sorry, we go four points clear of Leicester with two games in hand, and we just talked about that. You know, if we win them two games in hand, that's ten points clear of Leicester. That is yeah. that is mental. I can't believe we've been yeah. saying them words. So it's a huge, huge game for, for Tottenham. And I also agree with you, Rick, as well with the Liverpool game and the and the West Ham game coming thick and fast. Because if we don't play another football match before Liverpool, uh, we're going to be undercooked. So so. It might be that we go to Leicester and it might be that we only end up getting a draw there. But actually, that gives us an opportunity to be a bit more match ready, if you like, for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I mean, where do you see things, Jay, for you? I mean, are you in favour of playing this game, bearing in mind Leicester's current run and the pressure on Rodgers at the moment? Um. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the main thing is if, if if Spurs can fulfill the fixture, then we've got to go and fulfill the fixture. I don't think it's a case of you know, do we want the game to play now? Um, but yeah, I, I think that Spurs were in a good. Uh, that was the frustrating thing, and, and we said at the top of the show we were starting to get really excited to watch Spurs again um, because we started to play with some sort of identity. You could see what we were looking to build as a team, and that was that's kind of all I really wanted at Spurs. You know, I want to see us playing with an identity. Um, you know, proper football. And um, that's what we were looking, you know, we, we were starting to do that. So um, I, I really think we've got a fantastic manager in place now who who plans everything, you know, meticulously, you know, fantastic at kind of everything he does. Um, and I think that he'll have like some sort of plan that, to kind of get around this. Um, obviously, we're in a horrible situation um, and it's not ideal that we're going to Leicester, but I think that Conte is kind of the one guy you'd want on your side to kind of get us through it. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how we get on. As I said, we're not going there in ideal circumstances, but uh, I totally trust Conte to go and uh, go and do the right thing on on, uh, on Thursday. You just feel, don't you, that um, I think what the message will be to those players, whoever the eleven is selected, is that if we can keep that crowd quiet for mm. you know a good considerable sixty minutes, seventy minutes, you know that game is really there for us. I think that is the key, isn't it? Because the more that game is kept quiet, the, the crowd will get frustrated. There's already pressure on the manager. And which is obviously incredible to say about Leicester, bearing in mind it's Rodgers in charge, but you do feel that um, this is not a bad time to face them. And again, with Spurs, I mean, we probably said something about Brighton as well and Burnley that, you know, we've missed two really good opportunities there in a weird way to face those teams under some pressure would have been a good thing, right? I think the thing as well is that there's always so much, you know, always everyone's very reactionary. You know, Arsenal, all of a sudden, you know, they start the season, I think they lost their first three or four matches. Then, of course, they go on a run. And then, you know, there's this fantastic team, Arteta's, you know, a fantastic coach. You know, now all of a sudden they, they're going, they're in a really poor run. And again, you know, they're back to being that, that really poor, underwhelming Arsenal side. And I think it's maybe the case with Leicester, of course. Yes, they won on the weekend. They beat Newcastle. They put in a good performance. But I think there's still a side that has been struggling. You know, they lost to Aston Villa. As I said, before the game, they were, they were sat in uh, 14th place. Um, they lost to Napoli, you know, they lost to Napoli. So, they are in a side that's that's kind of in a difficult position at the moment. So I do fancy our chances of, of going there and getting the right result. And as I said, I think with with Conte and and kind of the way that he is as a manager, you know, tactically, I think I think we can go there and get a good result. 
Okay, guys, it's time to get predictions. Obviously, we must say this. This is bearing in mind this game does go ahead. It feels weird asking for predictions again with football. It feels like it's been a while. So, um, Amazing. let's start. Let's, let's start with Lee. Lee, what are you getting for Thursday night if this game does go ahead? Firstly, thank you, Lappers eighty two. Uh, I know that your Nick Knowles is coming back out again. Loving it, start, love, loving it, loving it. Um, look, I mean, just quickly before going to prediction, when, when you look at Leicester's form, it's very, very up and down. It is literally up and down. Like one loss drawn, one loss drawn, one loss drawn. You know, so so hopefully they're due a loss based on that that piece. We go into the game uh, unbeaten in, in our last four, one uh, our last three. Um, we did win now. I think uh, Nicky, in fact, is up on the screen now, but Nicky mentioned it earlier um, about that we beat them uh, um, last season. I think Bale was on the score sheet, wasn't he, from, uh, from memory? Yeah. Yeah. Footballing only, forget COVID, footballing only. I think we go up there in good spirits and I think we... I think we win 2-1. 2-1 from Lee. Okay. Jay, let's come around to you. What are you going to go uh, for? I'm going I'm to go... Oh, yeah, I'm going to go for 3-1 Spurs. I'm going to start. I think, I think we'll win. I, I don't think... Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think we're I, under contact. I'm confident. So, let's see what happens. What it's amazing what happens me? when you... Do, well, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for 2-1 Spurs. The only thing that concerns me is that we're not aware of the uh, 13 players at the moment that are... Available for selection. I know. It's, I wish... not, it's, it's tough, isn't it? What can it's you do? It's so hard, isn't I, it? I, yeah. I mean, again, I'll, I'll put it out there now as well, um, uh, just to back up what I talked about before. With the amount of fixtures that are coming in, um, you know, from, from a Premier League perspective, and with that massive game against West Ham, and it is huge. It is massive, massive game. Jason said it on, on a show last week. It is monster of a game. And then we've got Liverpool, uh, sorry, three days before that. Then we've got Southampton. Uh, then we've got Watford on New Year's Day, haven't we? In, in uh, you know, sandwich between, uh, you know, Southampton gaming now. With, with them three, uh, Crystal Palace on Boxing Day, that, uh, that I'll be the, um, the, the lane at as well. You've got to be looking at, if we can get the three points against Leicester, and if we don't get anything against Liverpool, I don't want to be negative, but if we don't get anything against Liverpool, but it means that we beat West Ham and then we, then we win our next three Premier League fixtures. By the time the new year comes in, we're in a we're in really, really good shape. Really good shape. And Conte will be looking at that table and saying to the boys, the players, boy, we, we, we can do this here. We can go and do something here. So um look, onwards and upwards Tottenham. Let's 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 make it happen. I hope everyone gets uh, gets well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll just take a little again from on behalf of all of us here. We're wishing Spurs uh, players, coaching staff the very, very best. Uh, we are back on Thursday night, hopefully talking about Tottenham playing a game. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, but for our watching audience on YouTube, 500 of you plus watching us live, thank you so much as always. Um, listen, guys, most importantly as well at this time, please keep safe, keep well. To Lee, to Jamie, thank you so much as always. We're back on Thursday. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.